I love the idea of having assets in, in cheese. Yeah, I got a lot of money tied up in cheese right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How much of your net worth is in cheese? I got about 20% cheese. Yeah, I'm 20% cheese, 15% crypto, <laughs> and the rest is liquid. Liquid yeah. cheese, not, not liquid <laughs> cash, it's liquid cheese. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. I love the idea of having assets in, in cheese. Yeah, I got a lot of money tied up in cheese right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How much of your net worth is in cheese? I got about 20% cheese. Yeah, I'm 20% cheese, 15% crypto, <laughs> and the rest is liquid. Liquid yeah. cheese, not, not liquid <laughs> cash, it's liquid cheese. Um, realize that the people that listen to the show, we don't know. And we don't really use the doubly negative Instagram. So I was going to start peppering in the Instagrams, but it feels too corny and cheesy. Feels a little corny. Yeah, I, I would like to know the people though. Who yeah, yeah. So some interaction. Tito Bulls on Instagram. Kyle, Kyle Cast. Kyle Cast ATX. What is the ATX? Austin, Texas. Well, you need to update that. Yeah, I don't Kyle Cast is I dead. Kyle Cast is dead. Austin, Ooh. Texas is in the back. Yeah, where did <laughs> I make it? Doubly Kyle. I like that. I wonder if that's available. It's got to be. Maybe I'll change yeah, mine probably. to dub- doubly Chris. Oh, that's so like uh, cute. That, that's when you've made it. When your handle is like your business. So yeah. fake team, make it. They it. Say. Yeah. yeah, we're on the same page. Sure. So I am semi recovered from COVID. I the energy that's levels great. are coming back, and the uh, the cough is still kind of here, but. I'm, I'm getting through. It's crazy how much you take for granted, like feeling healthy. Mm. When you're in those long sicknesses, sometimes you feel like this is just how I'm going to be forever. This is it. I was taking naps. I don't take naps. Michelle came home and I was just sleeping one day after work. I was just exhausted. Uh, but part of me was thinking am i just gonna be that sleepy guy now because it was a couple days in a row where i was ready to just hit the pillow immediately and i thought this was my transition into being an old man yeah when those changes in in how we feel happen and when they last it doesn't even take that long but when they last just a little bit you start adapting to it but also just worrying like you said like is that going to be forever yeah, and it, it, it's kind of depressing when you think of it as, oh, that's that's what it's like to be older, just feeling low energy, tired, and uh, you see dads at get-togethers. They're the first ones sleeping on the couch, just nodding off. That's like the joke. Ah, oh, he sleeps everywhere. It was kind of a glimpse into the, COVID was a glimpse into the future, always just feeling terrible. And I didn't like that. It makes me wonder if it's actually like you say like feeling tired all the time feeling sore all the time or do you just gradually get used to it and that's just like normal to you now like how i feel now i wonder if it's vastly different from how i felt when i was 15 physically if i could just transport myself back into my 15 year old body would i realize oh i felt way better back then because honestly right now it's it just feels normal to me yeah uh it's weird that's a for once, you're the one saying, well, it could be this on like the bright side. Usually that's my job on the podcast. True, true. But you are the you are the um, you are the one that always says, oh, I'm old. Oh, we're getting old. I, I usually fight you on that. Yeah, I think maybe I'm being a little dramatic and it probably had to do with the four month groin injury I, I was dealing with. So I thought hmm. that was just real life Yeah, going forward, too. So I was like, all right, this is it. This is just my body breaking down. But now you're on the mend and you're a, a spry chicken. Yeah, spry chicken. Even the groin feels good. I think I can't go for a run yeah, yet because I'm coughing. But I'm, <laughs> yeah, it does. But I'm ready to get moving again. The energy levels are up. I want to go do things. And you're wearing a t-shirt. And, yes. So I thought I had spoken about this. Maybe I dreamed about it or had the nightmare. But <sighs> I had to make the switch, Kyle. The switch. You already know what the switch is, but for building it up purposes, I acted like you didn't. 
Uh, I didn't as well. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, uh, I'm wearing extra large shirts now, Kyle. I'm not a large Ooh. anymore. Ooh. Big boy. Yep. Not a large anymore. But the good news is I lost a couple pounds over COVID, even though my appetite was crazy. I think COVID kind of fixed me, too, in a way. So I recommend it for anyone who's looking to have it and hasn't had it yet. COVID will fix you. My, I'm not really? eating as much now. Like I, I still eat what I'm supposed to, but I'm not overindulging. And it's been like that since I got COVID and has followed along like into post-COVID Chris. I'm not eating as much. So maybe that's what mm. I needed. Yeah, that whole cliche thing is like um, you go through a period where you don't eat too much and, you, and your stomach shrinks, is what they say. Maybe that's what's happened to you. Yeah. And maybe uh, you also get a break from your routine. So, yeah, now you get a crossed. chance to make a change. Yeah. And like a lot changed. Like, obviously, I wasn't drinking while I had COVID. I wasn't smoking weed while I had COVID. And usually, like, mm-hmm. I would smoke probably a little bit of weed a day. So, I had stretches of days where it was just completely sober Chris which is something I guess that doesn't happen regularly as a pothead you don't really it's not that I smoke a shit ton daily just very little amounts daily but it's still altering my mindset slightly so I was like when was the last time I went on like a stretch of days like this where it was just absolutely nothing I'm not even drinking good caffeine anymore I don't need caffeine was that a conscious choice or was that just COVID you didn't want to drink coffee well this started actually like right before COVID and then I was just realizing, oh, I'm not really going to get coffee at work or anything anymore. And when I would go get a coffee, I would take like two sips and I'd be like done with it. And then on days where I don't work, I don't go out and get a coffee. And then I started realizing that when I would have caffeine, like monster energy drinks or something, I felt like my anxiety was like pumping up. So now I feel like I don't, I don't need it. Like for some reason. That, I was never that guy where I was like, oh, that makes me anxious when I have caffeine. That's another old guy thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep, caffeine, eh, it gets my heart going. I used to be able to drink caffeine until I, it was coming out of my eyes. Up until like a month ago. Now 31, yeah. 14 days away, 13 days away. And um, I can't deal with it. Most of the time for me, it feels like coffee doesn't even really do anything to me like it, yeah. it feels like i'm getting out of habit more yeah. than anything and just like liking the taste it's something you like that's something you look forward to in the morning yeah don't and get me wrong i'll still stop and get an americano i love iced americanos but and i've never had a problem a lot of people will say they get withdrawals when they stop drinking coffee for a day or two i, I never had a problem not drinking coffee no um, me either but I just do it. But, but like you too, there was a period. Um, I think I didn't even drink coffee. Well, I don't know if it's normal or not, but I didn't drink coffee until my mid twenties. I think I never even wanted to, but then I had a period where I was drinking so much fucking coffee, like so much, like 10 cups a day yeah, or something like that. That's what um, I was doing for a while at work, but yeah, whatever. But I just realized that I haven't done Kratom in uh, over a month. Cause I was in Sumba just got back and I, I don't I'll probably do it again, but yeah, kind of like it, coffee for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that, yeah, I like it when I have it, but it doesn't need to be a daily thing. Yeah. So do you think people get so hooked and addicted to coffee because of this might be just a stupid thought, but I feel like everyone in the world's like, oh, gotta have my coffee, love my coffee. I'm so addicted to coffee. I think that starts with just other people saying it and you wanting to fit in once you get your license. Let's go to Duncan need my coffee it's like you're 16 you don't you don't i think there's some of that i think you're absolutely right i think that's a lot of people um i do think that different drugs affect different people differently and there's probably plenty of people that are legitimately addicted to caffeine but i do think there's a a very big cultural component to it like like you're saying and that that uh that's a very annoying thing you just uh don't talk to me until i have my coffee oh yeah i know exactly what you're saying it's bullshit yeah. But I will say my wife is genuinely addicted to coffee. And it's kind of adorable in the morning because she takes her Adderall in the morning, but she doesn't take it till after she eats. So she'll brew a cup of coffee and her head's all over the place. 
and then she'll forget she had that cup of coffee and then she'll brew another one. So sometimes I'll wake up and yeah, there's just you've coffee. Mentioned that. Yeah, there's just yeah. coffee. And it's adorable. I find it so funny and cute. But um, yeah, don't talk to me because I've had my morning coffee. Don't like no. it. I think I just hate when people have really strong opinions on stupid things. Kind of branch off. Like the pineapple on pizza that yeah. we mentioned last time. Yeah, yeah. see, it's still bothering me. I'm, I'm the same way, man. I remember having some sort of, uh, I wouldn't call it an epiphany, but just this strong feeling. It was years ago, but the idea that people make identities out of very trivial things. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I was having it in relation to like sports teams. And, uh, well, and I was even, a, yeah, I'm I was going to say, I, I was a bigger fan. I, I'm still a fan of Manchester United, but I was a very big fan of Manchester United back then. And I remember just kind of realizing, like, why is this part of my identity? You, you can like something without making it part of your identity. And I think that's what you're talking about with, with coffee is, like, the way, you, the way you describe yourself. There's a difference between saying, I like coffee and I like Manchester United and saying, I am, I am a fan or I am addicted to coffee. That, when you say it like that, it, it seems like a very subtle thing. It seems kind of meaningless, but I think it's actually pretty big. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy and you, you, you make that part of your identity. So I think it has a lot to do with uh, maybe age group. This might sound silly, but we got into soccer probably around the same time, you a little bit before me. But I remember I also made it like a massive part of my, I would wear a soccer jersey like every day. And I think that was part of the whole, oh, I like soccer. You don't like, you're missing out. Like I, I have something in my head that tells me this is good, you don't understand. You wouldn't get it. And when we started liking soccer, not a lot of people really were into the sport at all. It's gotten a lot bigger over here in the States. Obviously, elsewhere it's massive, but here where we're, li where we're living, it's not like a big thing. I talked to Pete about that too. He said like the same thing. Like he thought it was, like we thought it was cool that we liked soccer and no one else did. You're absolutely right. Yeah, there's a little bit of like elitism yeah. there. Uh, and for I no reason it's such a stupid thing but i mean we were I, I was in high school like it was one of those things where stand out a little bit maybe someone will think you're unique for liking this i think it also has to do with um and i don't, I don't mean to make it into a super negative thing i'm it's, it's not negative it's just it's just the way i feel about this whole thing is it reminds me of that period in middle school and then high school when a lot of people start dressing really different like I, I became very punk I wanted to be punk and I started I mean I liked that music but I took it to the extreme I wanted to identify myself as that yeah. and we we go through different phases and I think it has to do with trying to figure out who you are yeah it's not really knowing who you are what you like and you look for that in other people and in uh, fads and trends and people you look up to, musicians or whatever. You say, well, I don't know who I am, but I like that person. I want to be more like that person, like your friends, too. Mm -hmm. um, and and you, kind of, you kind of adopt these things as part of your identity because, you, you, yeah, you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. I, I went through a little phase like that, too, punk, like, very, like small T-shirts. I know now I'm in the XL. <laughs> things have changed, but really small T-shirts tight pants yep. cutting jeans into like short shorts i shopped at hot topic you all right i didn't do that that's, that's did you a, paint your nails i never painted my nails no that was where you drew the line so you were I a homophobic most... punk <laughs> is what yes. you were saying <laughs> i think the farthest i took it and this was this is pretty far but i had a jean jacket and I bought cool patches um, from, I think it was a website called Interpunk, if, I, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. You could buy all sorts of like patches and clothing and stuff. And I bought patches of my favorite bands. And of course, I, I was look. I would leave, even like Google and stuff like, or it was probably wasn't Google back then. It felt like AltaVista or some shit. No, you were like, on Ask Jeeves, dude. Yeah, I was on Ask Jeeves saying like, what is the punkest band? Like what is real? Because I didn't want to be like a fake punk, a poser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's uh, big. So you don't. You cannot be a poser, yeah. especially in that scene. They'll, yeah. they'll so sniff went, you right out. So I went like, like against all authority, rancid, the unseen. Like I tried to find the most punk band possible. The the ones that like, 
you have to agree that that fits the label. And I, I put those patches on my jean jacket. Actually, I think I made my mom do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so punk, dude. <laughs> my mom put patches on a jean jacket. That's so punk. That's so fucking uh, punk, dude. Rock on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I looked up to the other kids in school, too. Like, the, there was a lot of kids in the grade above me. Uh, I don't even remember their names, but they were they were super punk. And I looked up to them. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're, you're doing what I want to be doing. Josh Ether was definitely one of them. Josh Ether's group. Super punk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember like when I was like a, like in elementary school, there was this kid that always wore like Hardy Boys memorabilia. And I was a huge Hardy Boys fan. So I was like, that guy's you fucking mean cool. The wrestler. Yes. Wrestlers. Yeah. Not, oh, isn't that like a book series? Yeah. That's what had me confused. <laughs> I don't read. Is that a good book series? Is it about the Swanton bomb? Know. Yeah. Prob- twist probably. Of, twist of fate? <laughs> probably. Yeah. They've fallen on hard times. I, there was a video that came out recently. Jeff Hardy got caught. It was a DUI. He's had problems. Poor guy. It's not really surprising. You hate to see it when your heroes fall. So about your shirt, your shirt switch. Back to the XL. All right. All right. Um, is that a... That's got to be admitting defeat in a little bit <laughs> kind of admitted defeat. Yeah, thanks. yeah thank you yeah kyle i'll take the floor uh it is a little bit like admitting defeat but i've been here before i've been here before you, you've previously made the switch yes when i so was shouldn't younger. you already have some cell clothes or you just wanted some more or what, or what was uh, well on? this was a really long time ago with okay. the xl shirts but i have had to fit i don't want to say squeeze into an xl because i'm definitely not squeezing i'm fitting very nicely Definitely had to put an XL shirt on before in the past, and I bounced back. I made the recovery. And maybe this is what is going to say, hey, Chris, come on. And you know what's funny? Michelle called me because she went and got me shirts. I don't do my own shopping because I would wear the same shirts until I'm in the grave. You'll see me at my 90th funeral in this shirt. 90th funeral. So I just predicted I'll be dying at 90. Okay. Um, So... She called me. She went, hey, babe, uh, I don't care at all. You know, you're in an XL and stuff now, but it is a little bit more expensive. So, you know, maybe slim down a bit and get to the largest. It's more expensive? I think so. I guess that makes sense logically, but I never thought that. More fabric. I thought they were, yeah, it does make sense, but. I want to huh. start a movement while I'm in this phase of XL. It's unfair for the people that need more fabric. It's not our fault. Big is beautiful. I'm beautiful. Yeah. You can't be charging me more in these times. It's a sizest. Inflation is hitting the fatties harder than any other group. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And I won't stand for it. This is not fair. Tell me if this is a uh, a quintessential fat person thing, too. Why are you Um, asking me? uh, (laughs) Why why are you asking me? We both know. (laughs) Come on, yeah. Uh, how much do you relate to this? I have so many clothes that are too small and I should give them away or throw them away. But I just always say, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> I've got mediums where I'm like, no, no, no. I like that shirt. I'll be back in a medium. Yeah. I'll never be yeah, back yeah, yeah. in a medium until the day I die. Yeah. Unless I get a tape shirts. <laughs> Tika bought me a bunch of shirts. Um, they're nice shirts, um, but they're just not, they're, they're not going to work. They're not fitting They're If I put them on, it's just like the, the, the bulges are in the wrong places. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she bought them for me. Uh, I don't know, damn near a year ago. And I was like, Oh, I'll, I'm going to fit into those pretty soon. I'm, I'm working on it. Dude, gonna... I've been saying that for so long. Yeah. And uh, I am farther away than ever. Probably now. I don't, I don't know. I haven't tried again, but, um, but yeah, that is uh, that's a fact of my life. I, my, I don't have many possessions, Chris. But when I put my suitcase together, a, a fairly large percentage of it is clothes that I cannot wear, but I, I will. One I of will. these days. Yeah, I do that. that. Yeah, that's something where Michelle's like, maybe we throw away some of your clothes. And I go, no, 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 no. I'm going to fit those again. Yep. So, yeah, nope. That's uh, you hit the nail right on the head. You hit the donut right in the hole. Get it? Donut <laughs> hole. I could go for some donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Nope. I'm cutting the weight. I am down like five pounds. So nice. And it's staying off. It's not like going back up at the end of the day. 
when you weigh yourself and you're like, oh, okay. So things are moving right along. Um, so why don't we get into our new segment? Not new anymore. This is the third episode we've done it. Did we skip it last week? We did. We love coming up with segments, being like, that's going to work. Doing it once and then never going back to it. So this, this is one I think it actually should stick. Um, it should. It's good. Yeah. Because I, can I request that you read it? Because my vision's really bad and I don't have my glasses on. And Certainly. I feel like you're a better this is, uh, this is the one you sent to me, right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, the, the segment we're talking about, in case you're unaware, is um, we, Chris and I both like Reddit, and we both uh, like this one subreddit called Relationship Advice, and we had both been reading it independently um, until we talked about it for the first time. We realized, oh, we both we both like this, and uh, and I've been on that both- for a while just because like it's not even so much so that I'm seeking relationship advice. Some of the train wrecks on that subreddit. Mm. It is, it's a very, like, there's so many good posts where I'm like, holy fucking, like, what are you doing? Like, but it's just very, very interesting. It's not necessarily a place you need to go for if you're seeking advice or it's just fun to peek into other people's lives. Same. Yeah. I don't think I've ever went on there for that purpose. I've never posted a question myself nope. and I've never actually read something that really helped me in my life either. It's more of like a- 0%. It's just entertainment value. And that's yeah. the same for, uh, there's, there's a couple others that you probably like to <coughs> guess. We've never talked about them. But I like TIFU. Yes, you know I fucked up. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. Uh, Confessions and is good. Which one? Confessions. I, I, I'm going to have to take a look at that one. I've never been on there. Unpopular opinion, just people throwing out. This, that one is kind of there okay. for the douche chills just because it's like, you're being a contrarian. Stop it. And sometimes it's the opposite. It's like pandering. It's like they say yeah. it's unpopular, but it's not at all. Actually, unpopular opinion. I think everyone should get the vaccine. Yeah, unpopular opinion. Yeah. I think racist assholes. Like fuck yeah. you, dude. Yeah, like, obviously that's a popular opinion. But how about uh, A I T A? Am I the asshole? Good one. I like that one. Yep. And it's a, a that lot one's of a, it. that one could work for this segment too. That yeah. one could really work. Yeah. So actually, this will be a sub we give advice on these questions the only thing about am i the asshole i'm pretty sure there's a a podcast that does that pretty regularly i think it's kfc radio does it i used to listen to them back in the day and that sounds familiar so well fuck them we'll do whatever we want okay all right well anyway yeah i I think you figured it out by now but the second is we we pick a post we read it and we're gonna we're gonna react Mm -hmm. so here's this one chris found this one it uh the title is The more I love my partner, the less I love myself. This post is a really tough one to write, mainly because it means admitting on paper something that has been quietly brewing within me for a while. I have a partner whom I love deeply. I love her more than I've loved anyone else. And sadly, I love her more than I love myself. How cute. Ever since she has entered my life, I feel ashamed of the person I was before meeting her. I feel ashamed of my family, my friends, Suddenly, nothing is good enough anymore. She has become everything to me, and I am truly despaired by that fact. I am living in a constant state of anxiety, dreading the thought that she might leave me one day. I feel like I'm terribly sick with a case of imposter syndrome, as if she will, quote unquote, call my bluff any day now, and realize how much I'm suffering from within. Breaking up with her isn't an option. It's me I need to work on. How can I love her and myself at the same time? I need to find balance in life. Has anyone ever experienced this feeling before? So I admittedly didn't go through the comments. I found that one at work and I screenshotted it and I forgot to go back to it. But um, yeah, it goes Even better. Yeah, uh, I've only seen your screenshot. I've also not looked at the post. So we can react honestly uh, because that, that does happen. Sometimes you read the comments and that actually influences your opinion. Um, so I like that, that we haven't read, read the comments. Yes. Yeah, so I thought this was because we, we've talked about imposter syndrome a handful of times more so recently than you know in the past and having that feeling of oh no they're gonna figure me out they know i'm an idiot like at your job i've never really experienced this in a relationship i don't think have you 
No, I don't think so. No. Do you think that means we have a level of self-confidence in ourselves if we're not feeling this in our relationships, but we are feeling it in other places? Yes, in a certain way. I think, because the first place my mind went when you asked me that question, have I ever felt it before, is like, I don't think so. But maybe I did back when it was like my first girlfriend or the first girl that liked me. Um, because I think I have a certain self-confidence in relationships. I could see this type of person who's writing this, feeling they, they are not worthy of love from, uh, from a romantic partner. And I could see, I, I, the, the, the source of this I see is they think they kind of got lucky with this person. If this person leaves them, they're never gonna find that again. And um, I, I, don't, I don't have that feeling. I haven't had that for years. Um, no. and, and maybe maybe you're the same way. Maybe that's why we don't have that. But that's where I think this probably comes from. I've always been very confident in my skills as a partner. Hmm. And I think that's why. That's like the one thing I am very confident in. I'm a very good husband. Yeah, obviously I fuck up. I'm a normal guy, but I am very easy to be with, I think. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I, I feel the same. I'm, I'm not a husband, but uh, yeah, I feel the same type of thing. Yeah, so that I think that's where, uh, well, why guys like you and I don't get it, where we have imposter syndrome somewhere else, but not, you know, in our relationships because we are confident. And maybe in other spots, well, definitely in other spots, we aren't, obviously. So, um, yeah, I've never I, felt this in a relationship. So I'm very thankful for that. And I can, I feel like this, like I feel very bad for this person that wrote this post. I was just going to say that, me too. I, I think this is a very bad place to be in. And one of, one of the other places my mind goes is like, It reminds me of, have you ever heard the idea, and I, I don't know, maybe this is debunked or maybe it's not true, but have you ever heard the idea that if you are really insecure about your partner cheating on you, it's possible to actually influence them to do that? Like, let, let's say maybe you were accusing them all the time or you were insecure about them cheating on you all the time, <coughs> and uh, somehow that makes them more likely to cheat. You know what I'm talking about? You think that's true? Yeah, Um. I don't know if that's true. I think it's just such a high like probability of cheating. Like I feel like a lot of relationships go through this that mm. I don't know if there's any correlation. I think it's just, well, yeah, obviously. Maybe, maybe. I, I think what I'm talking about. Um... So were you saying like, if I'm the one doing the accusing, the accused is, going, is more likely to cheat or me, the one who's accusing is the one likely to cheat. Uh, I know the one you're talking about too. I think that's true too. Like they, they say, I think that um, one actually has some weight. Too. Yeah. If you're accusing a lot, then that means maybe you've got some guilt somewhere and you're kind of projecting yeah. your feelings of guilt on the other person. That's definitely, there's definitely something to that. But I, I, hold I also more think in that than I do the other. I think it's also true though that especially if the accuser is really um, persistent and, and kind of makes the other person suffer a lot, then it, it, it might make the the accused even if they're not cheating maybe they kind of seek solace in their in their friend they say hey the, my partner keeps saying this and, and they, they eventually get the feeling like well he already, he already thinks i'm cheating i'm, I'm just going to do it anyway yeah. I, i'm not saying it's going to happen a lot but anyway the the point i'm trying to make is like these things can become self-fulfilling prophecies and if if this guy i think it's a guy writing this post if he really feels like he's not good enough for his partner on that level he really deep down feels that that's going to rub off. Um, and it's just not a good thing for the relationship in general. Putting someone on a pedestal like that, uh, worrying all the time about them leaving, like, it's, that, that's rough. Just living in that perpetual state of dread and terror that something awful is going to go wrong in that relationship. And then focusing all your time trying to you know, be that person that you think they want you to be, not realizing that they like you for the person you already are. I think that's exactly it. I think you just you just nailed it. Yeah, I think I, think I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what the comments are too. I, I I would guess that's what the comments are. It's like relax, she likes you. Yeah, she's already um, said yes to being in a relationship with you. 
Yep. I that post was a few days ago, so I'll struggle finding that again. Oh, unless we look up by no, you look up by the username. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. yeah so if you search Hold the username, on, let, me, let me see if I've got anything else here. Yes. It's me I need to work on. How can I love her and myself at the same time? I feel like that's not a good statement either. It's him. It's like, why does me I need to work on? Hmm. He needs to work on these feelings. It depends on how he's phrasing that because it, it, he needs to work on the feelings he's having about the situation as it is, not work on himself to become better for the partner. Yeah, I'm reminded of another thing I can I can say about myself here too. I think this was a big part of um, getting more mature and, and growing up is feeling like, okay, I'm not enough right now. I'm not good enough right now. But, um, and, and, and weight and fitness is, has always been a part of this for me. I used to have this feeling a lot. It was, it was one of the first times I had this epiphany that changing yourself outwardly is not going to fix that internal problem. Because I remember when I was a fat kid, um, middle school and early high school, I always had this feeling like I'm not good enough. If I lose the weight, if I get normal or fit, I'm going to, I'm going to be good enough. Um, but that's, that's not true. It doesn't work like that. You can't, you can't make external changes like that. And then all of a sudden feel good enough. So I think, and I think this is probably what you were saying anyway, but I think he's coming at it from the wrong place. You're not going to work on yourself and then become good enough. That's just, it's just not how it works. And, and I would, I would wonder what they're, what this person is even thinking. Um, what, what, how are you going to work on yourself and then all of a sudden be good enough for her? It, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, like what are you working on to become good enough? Like what is your idea of mm. what you need to do in order to be okay for this person? And I do want to touch on something you said about the whole fitness thing where you try to change it. Like, oh, once I'm in this shape, I'll feel better. I was thinking about that the other day, like um, thinking back about when I was in really good shape and you know I was powerlifting and lifting a bunch of weight. I never thought I looked good or anything like that. But when I look at the pictures now, I'm like, yeah, I actually looked really fucking good. I was pretty jacked. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I felt bleh, like, no, this is, I look awful. But I was actually looking jacked. So I had done it. And I got to keep that in mind for when I get rejacked because you know it's going to happen now that I'm in the XL. Well, that, that same mechanism plays out over and over and i've noticed that exact same thing for myself um and i might have even seen a reddit post about this too i, I don't remember I, or we might have talked about it but i feel that way pretty much all the time Constantly? like when i whenever i look in the mirror most of the time uh I, I don't know i i don't know if i can say most of the time but i felt that definitely periodically throughout my life and it's something i feel now too i, I haven't really looked in the mirror very closely for a while but pretty much invariably when I look at old pictures of myself, I'm never, I'm never really like, I don't think I look that bad. It's always like in the moment. Yeah. That's what you're talking about too. Right. Yeah. I think too, there's a sliding, like your expectations for yourself change based on where you are. So when mm -hmm. I was there, I thought I wasn't looking good or, you know, jacked, whatever it is. And it's because I wanted to be, my goal was different then. My goal now is to look like I did. My goal then was to exactly look. It. It's just the sliding scale of what your expectations for yourself are. Bingo. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And regardless of where you get to, if you come from that same place of inadequacy, your sliding scale is always going to be moving farther. So it doesn't matter how far you take it. You're always going to feel like you're not enough. Yeah. That's what it is. The scale, the scale slides. That's exactly it. So how do we get that scale? I don't, can any, if anyone's listening and you, you know, have been in that situation, have you ever reached the point where you're completely content with where you look, what you look like or in whatever, you know, it could be job, career, whatever. Cause it's not just a fitness thing. So has anyone actually ever been satisfied with like, okay, I, I you have. Yep. When was this? I have. And what's your secret? I think it's uh, manic depression. 
Yeah, all right. Bipolar, bipolar type two. I think yeah. is what, what the secret is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just have to be manic. You're like, I'm yeah. the shit. Legitimately, yeah. Um, there's been uh, a handful of episodes when I've gone through what uh, I've just talked about on this podcast a little bit before, but hypomania is um, just a state of elevated energy and, and, and mood and self-confidence and all the good things. It, it's, it's great. And uh, yeah, one of them is a time period that I talk about a little bit when um, 2017, when I was living in Texas with Steve, my roommate, I felt awesome then. I felt really proud of myself. And, and the thing is, it becomes real too, because for me, the, these periods can last a few months. So it's a few months of feeling good, but then I also have like really good behavior during those months, like, like really healthy, working out a ton, uh, being creative. So it's kind of this elevated mood, but then also the, the kind of the results are picking up too. But anyway, I think what's more valuable to say is that when I've had these feelings, it, it's not, even though I did just mention the results and like the external factors, it's not closely correlated with that. It could come out of nowhere. And I don't, even, even for example, like when Kratom has worked really well, because um, the, 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 the effects are pretty inconsistent for me. But once in a while, Kratom take... are inconsistent. Sorry? You're saying the results of kratom are very inconsistent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna why that is. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Some. Some. No. It's okay. Sometimes that, that's a good um, distinction. Sometimes I, I would take it because I would take it every day for a little while, and sometimes I would take it. I would. I'd feel like a little bit more energy. But sometimes I would take it, and I would my my mood would just be way fucking better. I all the things, all the small worries I would have, it would be gone. And I would start thinking like long-term. So I would think, oh, I have these goals. I have these ideas. And anyway, whenever I would be in those states, I would just kind of be okay with myself. So I don't know how to make this into like actionable advice, but it, this is my observation through a long time of going through different moods. It's, there is like a hormonal or, or chemistry thing that dictates how we feel and how our self-esteem is. And in general, I think when you're at the lower end of that spectrum, wh whether it's associated with depression or, or low self-esteem or whatever it is, you, you think you might be able to fix these things and then reach that other stage, but it does, it's not like that actually. That other stage is, it's, it's accessed a different way. I, I know I'm not really explaining myself well, but I think I'm making the point anyway, that it's not, it's not correlated extremely well the, the external it's, it's an internal thing it really is yeah and i've always struggled internally getting to a point where i was like oh okay this is where i want to be i feel great here i don't know i just never had that and maybe it's because i don't have manic depression what about just i think i think the kratom is a good example what about just like drugs or alcohol haven't you ever like gotten pretty drunk or pretty high or something and then you just kind of have that different mindset and you know what i'm talking about when when the yeah. worries kind of go away and you start just feeling good yeah but i've i started thinking about it after i asked you that question about the inconsistencies and in your moods after taking kratom i mean you see that with a lot of drugs though and alcohol like if you you know drink when you're sad then you become a crying mumbling prick there are times where you, you feel drunk, you get drunk and it's a party. There are other times where you see people turn to just completely depressed. Yep. It just depends, I guess, on how far you are on that, that seesaw of happy, sad. Where are you when you take that substance? But you personally, haven't you had that experience? Maybe you weren't feeling so good and then a substance changed it and you were feeling good? Um, hmm. Alcohol usually helps if you're like, but it's just different every time. It's very inconsistent. But yeah, obviously, yeah, there's been plenty of times where I've been like, oh shit. And then been like, oh shit. You know, it hmm. changed the oh shit changes. I think that's, um, I'm not sure, but I, that seems to me that it's proof on some level that it's not only external factors that it's, it's it's in some part chemical or hormonal or or something and i'm thinking of other drugs now too ecstasy when it's good 
has that effect. Like, oh, I've only had great times on MDMA. Yeah. And oh, yeah. If Nothing you but- if your experience was anything like mine, it's like the same thing I just mentioned before is all that stuff I was worrying about, whatever insecurity I had, gone. Now it's just about life is awesome. These I love these people. Yeah. People you yeah. don't know you talk to for two seconds, and you're like, I think you could like potentially be my best friend and maybe my life partner. Yeah. Like you can't focus on the things that are bothering you because you're focused on how fucking good the floor feels. <laughs> I know? think that word you just said is very important in this discussion too. Focus. I yes. think that might be one of the keys. And, and that's what I've noticed in, in these shifting states, whether it's due to mood disorder in my case or drugs or, or whatever the fuck. It's about focus. It's like, Let's say, I, let's say I'm all of a sudden in a great mood. I am not delusional in, in, a, in any serious sense. I understand that those problems or insecurities are still there, but I'm not focused on them. Yes. All of a sudden, I'm focused on the good things. So, so that's what it is, it's focus. And I'm not saying, uh, far from it, I'm saying the opposite. I'm not saying you could change it in an instant. A lot of people say that. I, I don't know, maybe. I, I can't do that. But, um, but something happens. And, and that's, that's what it is, is focus. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's very obvious. If there's two tasks that you have, you focus more on one, you're not going to neglect this one, but you'll check in on it once in a while. The one that you're primarily focused on is going to come out better and it's going to be better results with that other task. Mm. So same thing with like moods and you know different things throughout your day. Focus on the good parts of it. It's, this sounds very cheesy and self-helpy, but it's pretty true right if you were to take your life look at it and say oh i have all these bills i have this student loan i have you know i have to go to work or you could just say you know in my instance like i married my best friend and we have a a home together and we have a dog and that's fucking great focus on that aspect rather than the other like the other stuff is going to get taken care of right obviously like financial stuff hopefully (laughs) i mean i guess not for everybody but hopefully that stuff's going to get taken care of as long as you do what you're supposed to be doing, working, saving your money properly, but focusing on, you know, what you actually have. Then it'll be different for everyone, obviously. That's, that's the trick, dude. Yeah. How do you, how do you keep that in mind? And there's some people that say, well, you got to have a gratitude journal, write down things you appreciate every day. Um, maybe think that works. That, I never that, stuck to that. That sounds cheesy, but I, I feel like it definitely has some weight to it. Good. Yeah, because uh, I actually had a moment like you're talking about today when um, I was texting a friend that I haven't spoken to in a long time. It's a guy I met in Thailand, and uh, we just keep in touch once in a while. And we, we kind of update each other on everything. And I, I was leaving him these voicemails. And I'm going through my troubles, like what I'm thinking about, or what my worries are. And then I, I inevitably, I have to say, like, everything's good. My life is good. Yeah. Why am I, and I'm saying this in the voicemail, I'm saying, if I could just stop worrying about this stuff. And what you said too is interesting because you're right. A lot, a lot of the things, almost everything actually, in my case, that I worry about day to day, it's the same stuff that I looked back six months ago. It was either the exact same issues so, all right, just fucking live with it. All right, you're a little yeah. fat, whatever. It's yeah, not that uh, fucking big of a deal, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or it's these other little administrative tasks and things. Like, I got to go to the fucking doctor. I got to go to the dentist. And like you said, they take care of themselves. They just, they yeah. do. It, either it's a big deal and you eventually have to take care of it, or it's not a big deal and you just don't take care of it. It doesn't matter. So why do we let those things occupy so much of our mind? And when you do take care of it, you're like, oh, that really wasn't what I made it out to be. Yep. Huh. I mean, as guys that hate doing things, you and I like having these like, oh, like I had so much anxiety recently because I'm going on a cruise in October. I lost my passport. Ooh. Oh, oh shit. So it was this thing. Well, I had my passport that was expired. And I was like, I just have to renew it. I'll do it. And I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Eventually lost that expired passport. Uh. <laughs> I hate you. Eventually lost that expired passport. 
And then it was like, all right, so I have three months. I need to get my passport done. I need to apply for a new one. And no matter how much anxiety I had about going to the post office, like even I made an appointment, couldn't go because I got stuck at work. Then I had another appointment and I was able, actually able to go. And I was nervous about going to the post office because I thought I didn't want to get that news like you're out of time, bud. Like there's no way this is going to happen. Or, oh, Mm. you filled this out wrong. You have to go do that. So it was one of those like, I really fucked myself because I, 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 we have tickets. I'm going on a cruise. Okay everything's paid for is it taken care of now yeah i applied for the passport i just gotta wait for it to come in he said seven weeks i expedited that shit how did you lose it i don't know i i have a little bit of an inkling okay michelle doesn't want to admit it but i had it Mm. on the counter Mm. all of a sudden not on the counter someone touched it It wasn't me i know that you think she threw it away maybe on on accident jesus a passport no probably not I, I, cause there was another, <laughs> so when I was getting ready to go, I had gathered all my materials. I had my passport application, my social and my birth certificate. And she's like, just put it in the, f- in the pink binder. So you don't lose it. Now, if you break into my house, you know where my stuff is. It's in a pink binder. Where in the house. Not going to tell you. Good luck getting by my dog. He does not like intruders. Um, I don't want your personal identification. I'm going to go for the money and other valuables. I don't care about your passport and your birth certificate. Well, the money's in the walls. Don't trust the banks. Um, so that's not true. Um, I lost it all in crypto. <laughs> I went and looked in the binder where I was supposed to put it. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I couldn't find it. I was like, it's not in the pink binder. What the fuck happened? I'm flipping out. Like someone moved it. It was in my bag for work because I was supposed to go Friday, COVID couldn't. So it was in my bag and I moved it. So who knows? I could have actually lost it, but it's easier for me to shift the blame elsewhere in case I don't get to go on the cruise. Maybe you didn't lose my passport. You know, I can blame it on someone else. And that segment was me disproving that I am actually a good husband and I shouldn't be confident. in it. <laughs> <laughs> Shifting blame to my wife. What's the give me the give me the cruise details? I don't have any of them. Uh, so company Carnival. It's the biggest ship in the world. No, Is it's it not really? Carnival. No. I'm Norwegian sorry. Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean. I think that's it. It's a nice cruise. And it's the the big big ship. Where are you going? Don't know. How many nights? It's a week. Ooh. So I have fantastic laws. Yeah. I have fantastic in-laws and on Christmas, they said, Hey, um, your gifts for all of next year, including this Christmas, we're taking the family on a cruise. So they booked it. They told me the stuff, but I'm just going along for the ride. You know, I, uh, I don't get caught up too much in the details. I'm just very excited to go. That's a good time, man. I like cruises. Yeah. And you know, they get a bad rap. People are like, well, they're terrible for the environment, understandably so, but they're running whether I'm going on it or not. So I'm going on it. And um, people, oh, it's not, cruises aren't for forward thinkers. You just get in line, get your food and go to an island and they tell you to get back. Cruises suck. I'm like, no. When I vacation, I want to be able to turn my brain off sometimes. Not every vacation, but there are vacations where I don't have to worry about cooking or finding a place to eat. I just go find it. It's on the ship. I don't have to worry about laundry, finding these tasks. They just say, hey, here's a bunch of stuff you can do if you want. Take it. Sure thing. I can turn my brain off completely. I went on a two-week cruise a few years ago. and That's a I long time. Yeah, I didn't remember how to be a person when I got back. Yep. The thought of doing anything, I was like, I got to do dishes? <laughs> like, I couldn't, I didn't want to do it. It was so hard adjusting back to normal life of having tasks to do there's a uh there's a hilarious short story or maybe it's called an essay by david foster wallace about cruise cruises um it's called a supposedly fun thing i'll never do again and uh (laughs) he takes a pretty pessimistic view of cruises but there is so much truth in that article and one of the main points he's he's talking about is exactly that that you you're pampered that's the word 
they use in the in the advertisements and, and it's true you're pampered to such a degree there that you really become less of an autonomous being <laughs> yeah you really lose your ability to take care of yourself yeah um and i don't know it's, it's good and bad but it, it's it's a fun time I, I like it i think the first cruise is what set me on this uh to where i am today to why i'm so <laughs> overweight i swear to god dude i was eating because it's just all paid for so we would go to like this like we paid a little extra for like this certain restaurant where you can go nightly it's a very nice restaurant pretty fancy but it's all like it's taken care of oh yeah you're at the big round table with other people you don't know and the no, people you're with this right? one we had just a table of people we knew okay so it was a nice restaurant and the food was good. They had one meal on the on the on the menu that was there almost nightly, but they, it obviously switched. But they always had the bolognese, mm. which was a dinner portion, and then you know other stuff like meat. I would get the bolognese as just a little side, and I would also get the other thing. Sure, yeah, I haven't re- I haven't recovered since that cruise. <laughs> That's why I look the way I do today. That that cruise did me in two weeks. Yeah, that did yeah. me in so well, and it put me on this path of just destruction of my bowels. Yeah, there's just no limit. Yeah, at all. There's it definitely varies by cruise ship and cruise company or whatever. But I think the last one I went on, they had this burger place. Maybe it was Bobby Flay's or or oh, Guy Bobby. Fieri. I think it was Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. He had a burger place. On the I was gonna ship. say because you might be thinking of Mohegan Sun, who has a the guy Fieri or no the, I was. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Flay. Flay yeah I, I was you're right oh, okay yeah. no that yeah that, that's what I was thinking of but this one was Guy Fieri and anyway they, they got like a burger place they got like a Mexican place and you can just go to those places all you want all day you can yeah. go as many times as you want and uh anytime you get a little bit bored or a little bit hungry just eat a full meal yeah and uh that's what we do so that's I don't know if it has to do with me coming up as a poor kid but when free food's involved I will overindulge yeah just like oh it's here good good food 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 yeah like free like lunch at work there's pizza i have my fair share and then i notice there's a lot left not hungry gonna eat it because it tastes good somebody's gotta eat it yeah it's more insulting to let it go bad exactly (laughs) so yeah cruise is coming up passports taken care of and I feel in October. Yes. Okay. I'm going to find out more information on the cruise because I have been a little curious. I'm, I'm hoping it stops in Puerto Rico or something because I have a friend there that I haven't seen in a while. And that would be nice. So. Friend in Puerto Rico? Yeah, he's from here. Well, no, he's from Mexico. But he, someone I went to jiu-jitsu with who I keep in contact with regularly, moved down there for work and is going to come back in a few years, went down there for a good opportunity in his current company. So. He will be back, but it would be nice to be able to stop in and, you know, give him a hug. Cool. Yeah. So very excited for the cruise. I need a vacation. How was your back in Bali? That's something we completely glossed over. It is very boring. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Um, so are you and Tika still cohabitating at this point? No, we are, um, I, I'm her neighbor. This, her, uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, this place I moved into is the place she was staying at before. She's been here for, I think, six months or so. And um, yeah, I think I mentioned this before, but they raised the rent at my old place. So I kind of moved all my stuff into her place before we left. We spent a month in Sumba. We got back and uh, a room down the hall from her has opened up and uh it is less than $200 a month and it's not bad at all. So no. like, it looks nice. Um, Dude, it is totally fine. It's got a kitchen, a bathroom, and it's totally comfortable and everything. So for 200 bucks. All right. Yeah. Um, I just want to say this is the most Kyle way to go about eventually living with your significant other. Try it out. Live next door. Until eventually, you just still needed to have your own spot. Live down Why the hall. Always, you you always like think like it's on this track. You always no. put me 
I'm not putting you on a track. I'm just saying this is the most Kyle way. It's like, totally out of my control. <laughs> not really, I guess, but. I mean, the deal, you yeah. couldn't pass it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did the trial run and everything went really good when you guys were constantly with each other. But, you, you know, you said you mentioned you missed your own space. Now you have your own space down the hall. This is what a man cave becomes, Kyle. You know, this is, is why. We, right? Yeah. This is like your man cave right now. You know, you're going to be with each other all the time, but you still have that spot in case you want to go to it and, you know, have your own time. But this, you're just building a longer distance man cave at the moment. That's how what I if see I it. want to go to a man cave for like three days. Can I do that? I mean, you can do that now, but straight down. the hall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. So guarantee the three days will be interrupted multiple times. Yeah, basically it has to be. Yeah. Or you're just a real piece of shit. The person you love <laughs> is like, hey, cuck, cuck. you're like, no, I'm in the cave. Imagine I did that in here, just playing Xbox, lock the door. Michelle, you can't come in. Sorry, just slide the food under. See, that's the thing. And I don't know if that's even like <laughs> the, the commonly held belief, the, the popular idea. But why, why am I a piece of shit if I just need my own space? Why, why is that seen as such a bad thing? No, that doesn't make you a piece of shit. I think it's a good thing. Everyone needs their own space. They say it's, a, it's in order to have a healthy relationship, you can have boundaries and set your own limits and have your own space. But, yeah, you know, you're essentially in a man cave right now. That, yeah. That's, that's yeah. where your own space is. This is kind of my space. She invaded it with some photos, but I don't care. It would have just been a blank wall. But, you know, I got the Arsenal right. flag here. I got that there. I got my Xbox. I got this. Once I have a basement, I mean, once I move to a bigger house and have, like, a big basement, you don't think that's that's going to be my spot. She doesn't know that yet, but she doesn't have a choice in the matter because I'm a good husband, and I'm very confident in that, that I can take over the basement. You are, and you should be. There is a point in there that I think is worth expanding on. Um the whole meeting yeah your own meeting your own needs and having boundaries people talk about how important it is but i, I have a, a personal way i can reflect on it and that is that when i fail to do that and especially in the context of kind of wanting to please your partner mm-hmm. let's say you say oh actually this goes back to that post um that we read the reddit one when you sacrifice your own needs, when, when I do, I should speak for myself, but I think this is probably true for many people. When, when I sacrifice my own needs, trying to please my partner, I actually become a worse partner yeah. as a consequence down the line. Because what happens is I sacrifice my own needs. Then I feel in a worse mood. I start resenting my partner. And then ironically, I think, that, I think that's pretty ironic. Yeah, you're trying, to, you're trying to do the right thing that they want. And then you end up kind of acting like an asshole. And, and that's... Um, that even happened a couple of times in the month we were together because I just, I, I had my space a couple of times. We talked about this last week. I had my space sometimes, but it just wasn't enough. And when that need for my own space wasn't being met, I just, I just started to feel worse and yeah. I would start being like snappier and less compassionate, less loving. Yeah. So there, there is a point in there. It's like, it's really important to meet your own needs. Yes. So you're doing that right now, meeting your own needs. And I think eventually you guys are going to be cohabitating. I'm just predicting. See, this is what you're doing. This, this is what you, you said. You don't do this, but you are doing it right now. You're pushing me. I'm pushing you. You know, you're the old aunt. That's like, when are you having a baby? Yeah. When are you going to settle down? Yeah. Listen, listen, Auntie Chris. I don't need this shit. I'm Auntie Christine. <laughs> yeah. When I talk like this, I'm Auntie yeah. Christine. You're going to give me a Werther's original. Yeah, <laughs> where those originals are actually pretty good. They're not. Yeah, they're not bad. Come on, on the list of candies and treats, I'll not never the buy them myself. But yeah, if they're exactly. available, yeah. what is your top candy? Um, I mean that that's changed in, in over the years, but I think I I just got to be faithful to Reese's. Just my man. Boom. You like that? Oh, yeah. Big Reese's peanut butter guy. The take five with the Reese's in it. The take five. Oh, if you haven't had a take five. I have. I used to be a big um, fast break guy, too. 
I, uh, I think it was fast break. They're pretty damn similar. Fast break and take five. Fast break is just the nougat, the peanut butter, chocolate caramel. The take five adds a little bit of pretzel in there. And the pretzel's the take big. Five, or I thought it had some sort of a cookie in it. Nope. Pretzel. All right. Well, maybe, whichever maybe one. If maybe it was fast break. I got severely constipated from eating too many of those when I was a kid. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> That's so fun. I don't remember how many I ate or, or why I had access to so many. It's because it was I probably ate, around Halloween or someone bought a bag that was on yeah. sale. Bag of fast breaks on sale. They didn't move on Halloween. So guess what? Kyle took oh, care. Whichever one it was had like big chunks of peanut. This is, I think this is why. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't one of those. Which, which one am I thinking of? Don't tell me Almond Joy. I'll be sick. No, 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 no. It was a Reese's product. Um, uh, not Rageous. Yes, not Rageous. Yes. Those are good too. I got, se- I got severely constipated because I ate too many not Rageous. <laughs> and all the peanuts just backed you up. It hurt so bad, dude. It hurt so bad. <laughs> that is so funny. It's such a fat kid thing to do. Yeah. I had too many nut rageuses. Yeah, dude. But once you start, yeah. you can't stop. So, so what is your, your top candy? It's definitely uh, probably take five. I don't really indulge in candy or sweets too much. Okay. Um, but yeah, I go, take through, five. I go through phases. But yeah, kind of me too. I'm kind of a more savory guy lately. I'm a big chip guy. Not a chip guy. Oh, why? Why? It's just not that good. It's just not good enough. You're not eating the right chips. Could be. So no, I couldn't be. I, I've had all the chips. All the you've had all the chips. Bold. <laughs> Maybe not all the chips, but I've had a lot of chips. I don't know. I'm a big chip guy. Chips and salsa. Maybe it's I'm more of a dip guy than I am a chip guy. Maybe I should say it that way. All right. Yeah. I, I love I the dips. I can respect that. Yeah. Like there's, I have chips in the in the cupboard right now. They're just the Lay's wavy original. Normally, I like those. Very salty, but I also got a jar of French onion dip in the fridge. Well, that's, that's all right. That's all right. I was uh, I was I was into ruffles. Um, oh, the sour cream and cheddar ruffles. Original. Have you had the sour cream and cheddar ruffles? I'm not really into the sour cream and cheddar flavoring. I I oh, think no. it's one of the things. I don't I don't like the fake flavoring. Like I this I know this is going to get me a lot of heat. I hate Doritos so much. I think they're awful. Yep, I've lost them. I've lost them. He's not happy with me right now. Why? Because of the fake flavoring? Yeah, it's just gross. Like, I don't even oh, know what, see, it is. what is it. I think it's because... So I was the kind of fat kid that loved processed foods, dude. Chef oh. Boyardee, Cosmic Brownies, uh, Cheese Whiz. I love Cheese Whiz. That's the fakest cheese ever. All disgusting to me. Cheese Whiz is nasty. You see, I don't like it now. I do. I do still like me some melty cheese, though. Some like queso melty cheese. It has got to be a good one, though, because although yeah. I loved it as a kid, I've stepped up my palate. I'm, I have a more refined palate now. So it needs to be quality queso. The, the processed stuff doesn't bother me when it's sweet stuff for some reason. But for some reason, it's gross when it's a savory stuff. Maybe it's because the savory stuff is kind of an imitation of the real stuff. Yeah. And cheese is the best example of that. Like any any sort of fake cheese really grosses me out. Oh, you know what I learned? Speaking of cheese, there are cheese caves in Missouri. There's a hundred and like forty-six tons of cheese stored in caves in Missouri. I forgot which presidential administration this was, but they wanted to raise the price of milk, but they couldn't just buy all the milk and store it. So they bought up all the excess cheese from all the farmers. And they stored the cheese in cheese caves. Yes. Hold on. I got to get the exact number for you. But this is a real thing. For the purpose of raising the price of milk? Or maybe helping out farmers. But I'm going to stick with them being malicious. Yeah. It sounds like a subsidy. (laughs) 1.4 billion pounds of cheese in limestone caves in Springfield, Missouri. (laughs) This this is really kind of, it's funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's really strange. I would like to visit the cheese caves. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah. Kind of uh, kind of bewildering. Yeah. Who so, so thought? the government just built. Okay, I found it too. Seven million pounds of dairy. The government bought this and they just put it in a cave because they don't yeah. know what else to do with it. Is that what happened? Yes. Yes. Don't we have like a lot of hungry people in the world. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um. So I want to read a little more on this, but the it title of this assholes. one: Americans Mar- are such assholes. We just Ma- bought billions of dollars worth of cheese and just put it in a cave. Yeah. For decades, but the purpose has shifted over the years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll have to get some more information, but I heard this on another podcast and I was blown away. That's so America. That's where we should be lighting off the fireworks every year and having hot dogs. Is it about aging the cheese? I'm reading something about aging the it's cheese. It's not about aging the cheese. There's something malicious going on. They wanted <laughs> to raise the price of milk. <laughs> I, I love the idea of um, the, the, in this article it says more than 1.4 billions of natural cheese are stored in cold storage. That just makes me think of uh, storing money. Like I love the idea of having assets in in cheese. Yeah, I got a lot of money tied up in cheese right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How much of your net worth is in cheese? My, I got about 20% cheese. Yeah, I'm 20% cheese, 15% crypto. <laughs> And the rest is liquid, liquid cheese, not, not liquid cash. It's liquid cheese. So I've got a lot tied up in liquid cheese at the moment. I'm flush. Yeah. Cheese. <laughs> so if, uh, you know, you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, look at the cheese. I think cheese. I will. I, how can I, how can I not? Yeah. Um, I think that might be a good point to wrap it up. I forgot to start the timer. So hopefully we went for an hour. I think maybe we did maybe a little more. I think we went for over. Yeah. Yeah. So that's perfect. Um, any closing words from you, Kyle? Yeah, there's nothing I can say that 1.4 billion pounds of cheese doesn't already say. Yep. So that wraps it up. Look up the cheese caves and let me know your thoughts. Oh yeah, Instagram Tito Bulls and Kyle Cast ATX. Kyle Cast no longer exists, no longer lives in Texas. Don't <laughs> just shake your head. Bye. <laughs>